Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. So who else wants to share what you just talked about? I know this is like you're going to be on camera and everything. We're going to make you bigger than life. But I'd like you guys to get real and just tell us, what did you say, I am not going to try and control anymore? Meet me halfway. Tell us your name. Kyle Melvin. Kyle, talk to us, buddy. As much as I try to control my calendar, um, it's certain things that I always hit dismiss and dismiss on that I need to try to go day by day to kind of plan my entire day out, you know? So, so is there a pattern to that? Think about the stuff you dismiss. Is there a pattern? Yeah, so I know when I need to make my calls, I'm like, oh, dismiss. <laughs> but then I have a file that's going array. You know, you got to put fires out. I'm like, what's more important to me right now? So, you know, you got to stick to your schedule, though. Okay, so what about those two things can you control, and what about those two things can you not control? How I interact with them, meaning my reaction to them. I have a reader that calls me saying they have a a problem right now that needs to be acted to, and can put that off, and I can react to how I want to react to it within an hour, because it does. So this this is great, watch this. So I don't know about all of you, but most of us, when we get a demand from somebody, we kind of think we got to jump through hoops and nail it right now, right? Am I speaking your truth? Like, you know, you're thinking if I don't, that's your truth, right? Yep. If I don't call back or if I don't do something really, really fast and I'm I'm going, you're going to lose the relationship. So who's in control? They are, but it's a fabric of your imagination because they don't expect you to drop what you're doing and call them back in seven minutes. So you need to control that expectation and you need to, in your own mind, saying, what do I need to do and when do I need to do it? And then you need to push pause and you say, okay, if I call this person back in 30 minutes, is that going to be okay? And can I finish making three calls? Exactly. And then the, and then the critical question is like, next time I have a conversation with that person and she tells me in a conversation about that, or I ask her about that or him about that, I can confirm what time frames normally they would like me to get back to them. So I don't have to carry that pressure. It's like, I don't have to call you back in 12 if your normal standard of me responding is 60 minutes. Yep. Would that be freeing for you? That'd be good. And would you make more calls? I would. Yeah, and if it was their client that I was putting out the fire, it's like, hey, you know, I'll get to it in an hour. Okay, so now here's the next question. Can you control the fire? Yes, you can. Yeah. You can control the fire on a loan. How do you control the fire on a loan? Terminate's a hell of a drug. Termite reports. <laughs> Termite reports. No, but how do you control a file? How do you control the problem? How do you control stuff popping up? You do a better job up front because the response time and the reaction time and having to come back and having to do this, I dot and this T cross and all this, that all could have been fixed by you controlling the experience up front. If you don't control the experience, the experience controls you. So do you have control over loan file quality? You do. And would that make a difference in the way that you run your business and run your life? Absolutely. How about over here? Because I'm going to throw the mic. It's going to hurt. 
<laughs> you're looking that way like I don't see you. <clears throat> so talk to us. What did you come up with? What did you share? Um, controlling uh, controlling um, setting realistic expectations for myself. For yourself? Yes. Example. Uh, I tend to overestimate what I can do and with that, it, it, it comes with stress, and it, 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 instead of making the situation better, it makes it worse. So I over-determine I over what I can do, or I overthink what I can do, yes. and because of that, it creates more stress, yes. and that then spins and cyclones up. Yes. Okay, and then what's the, af the effect of that? What does that do on, on your life, and what's that do in your day? Stresses me out, makes me less productive. So how many of you agree that it'd be easier to make money and easier to do a lot of volume if you had less stress? Okay, so don't overcommit what you can do. You're better off undercommitting what you can do and doing it well than overcommitting what you're trying to do and doing none of it or doing all of it poorly. Does it make sense? Makes sense. So how would you manifest that in your life right now? What would you do on Monday to make sure you don't have that problem anymore? Uh, plan my day better. Um... Number one thing LOs do that screw them up is they overplan their day. There's not enough flex time. There's not enough breathing time. There's not enough just... Fast Company Magazine, you're going to love this. Fast Company Magazine said the highest 10% of income earners in America work for 52 minutes and they take 17 minutes off in that order. 52 minutes of work, 17 minutes of... Right? Yes. The highest 10%. I'm not talking about like being in the upper 50. I'm talking about being in the top what? 10% by what? Not over committing your time, yes. which is your problem. Yes. That's what you said. Yes. So can you change that game by Monday? Yes. Promise? Yes. Give him a hand. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So here's what Deb said to me the next morning in bed. She said, we need, to we need to tell people to focus on where their power is, not where it is not. How do I get back up here? <laughs> That's all right. Did you get that? Is that <laughs> Put that on the blooper reel, Ben. So check it out. Have you read this issue yet? Have you read this issue yet? No? Did you know that everybody in this room is a genius? Seriously, buy, buy this and read it. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Here's what Emily Dickinson said about genius. She said, genius would not exist without stick to the ability to power through uncertainty, chaos, and failure to create great outcomes. The four things that you have to have to be a genius, you should write this down, intelligence. That's number one, we're not all gifted with the highest level, but we are all gifted with a high level because we are human beings. We have a high level of intelligence. The next three you control. You control number two, which is curiosity. You control number three, which is grit. And you control number four, which is timing. And if you don't have grit, you will miss timing. And I think that's phenomenal. You got to make a decision to control what you control. You got to make a decision to stick it out. You got to make a decision to claim your battle and to choose your lane and to be in your path. You cannot do it all. But if you're curious about the one thing that you have to do well, 
the one thing that you have to advise on, the one thing that you have to do every single day at a level that is better, bigger, and further down the path than anybody you compete against, then you have to make hard choices. We have a choice of making a simplistic decision about how to get great, how to get really great at what we have the raw talent to really, really focus on. And I think that's where the game changer lies. And as we kind of roll into this final 35, 40 minutes or so, I want you to be thinking right now about where you're overcommitted. I want you to be thinking about where you're underutilizing your talent. I want you to be thinking about, do people tell you you do something really well, but you're not exploiting that in the marketplace? Are you paying attention to the thing that brings you joy, the thing that resonates with you, the thing that is easy for you to do, your life's passion? the purposeful existence of what you want to do in this thing called mortgages. Are you really, really thinking that way? Because if you're not, then what's going to happen is you're going to get lazy, which leads to number four. The fourth game changer is comfort is the enemy of progress. Comfort is the enemy of progress. What ends up happening is in this world of technology, my fear is that we think Technology's gonna do everything. And I know 100% for sure that it's not. Automation, automated sensationalism is like the biggest joke of all time. But it, it brings a point. The point is that life itself is not designed to be comfortable. When you think about life, Life is not supposed to be easy. We'd like it to be, but it's not supposed to be. We're not built for easy. We're not built for easy. And I'll tell you when life is really hard. Life is really hard when you have bigger dreams than everybody else that's in your company or everybody else that's in your neighborhood. Talk about life getting hard. The bigger the dream, the harder it is. And my goal at Sales Mastery is to have you leave here changed to the core, which means at the very least, you have to start thinking about the future. You need to start thinking about your dreams. You need to start thinking about where do I wanna be next year? I'm gonna do something we've never done. I'm gonna work with you every month for the next 12 months so that next year when we get back together in this same hotel, in this same ballroom, we will have created indelible and permanent change in your life. I'm gonna video message you every single month with a teaching. I'm gonna give you as much as I can so that we turn these four days into a 12-month learning experience so that you are changed at the core. Because left to your own devices, left to my own devices, we will become comfortable. And the key to progress and the key to happiness is this idea of intentional and purposeful progress. And I think one thing that gets in the way, one thing gets in the way is we don't deal with what's hard. So Deb and I have a very intimate relationship emotionally and intellectually beyond our deep attraction to each other physically. And we share a lot of stuff together. And I was looking at her journal with her a couple, I think a couple weeks ago, and she had written something down. And she said, read this and see what you think about it. And so I read it and I said, that is amazing. Do I have your permission to share it with everybody at Sales Mastery? And you said, yes. So Deb's journal said, hard things lead to good things. What is the next hard thing 
you need to do? What has not doing that hard thing cost you? Hard conversations, instead of avoiding them, do them as soon as possible. Don't run from the hard thing. That is powerful. Thank you for that. And so one of the keys to progress is attacking that which is hard. I've had probably 15 conversations in the last three weeks with people in this room that were hard conversations. I had, to, I had to be my own truth. I had to tell you what my truth was. I had to share with you what I needed to have happen. And you got to decide whether or not you wanted to go along with that or not. Those are hard conversations. I did a Todd Duncan TV episode about three months ago, and I said, the longer you avoid the hard conversation, the harder the conversation gets. And I said, if you're conflict avoidant, you create more conflict. The longer you run from what you need to address, the more you need to address it becomes. And that in and of itself is rocket fuel, jet fuel. It is the gasoline that can light up your life. Because there's a burden when we walk around with all the conversations that we need to have that we haven't had. It's hard. It weighs us down. There is nothing more freeing than speaking your truth lovingly and letting the universe respond to it. But to do otherwise is to be held captive by your own comfort. And that destroys us. So what are the conversations you need to have? What are the things you need to say? Who do you need to reset a relationship with? What do you need to do that's different, unique? Where are you mastering comfort? Where have you gotten really good at being comfortable? Because between now and Saturday, we are going to rock your world. We're going to undo everything that you think is normal, and we're going to reinvent it. Somehow or another, by validating what we know is working in this year, some of what we know is going to work next year, some of what we knew didn't work two years ago that definitely doesn't work this year. But at some way or another, you have to be willing to become uncomfortable to pursue greatness. In fact, I could argue that there's no such thing as greatness when you're comfortable. It's just average. And let me make a prediction. Average will not survive. You have got to commit to being great. Which leads to the fifth point. The fifth game changer law is to compete with yourself and nobody else. Your goal, <clears throat> my goal, the only goal that you should ever have is legitimately to become the best version of you possible. That's all life is about. Life, life is about deciding what the best version of you looks like. And one of the most debilitating things there is in human performance is comparing yourself to others 
instead of comparing yourself to you yesterday. The most profound thing you can do in your life is to make tomorrow different than today. That's the most profound thing you can do. And how freeing it is for you to realize that all I have to do is commit to being the best version of me. And if I am the best version of me, the psychology and the winningness of my heart and my spirit will be unleashed. But if I compare myself to others, my initiative will be suppressed. And every single person that we know that has decided where am I weak and where do I need to get great is a person who is committed to rigorous honesty, transparent authenticity, and a plan of attack. Because here's what I know for sure. Where you are weak, you will continue to be weak unless you attack with a plan of growth. And there are some things in our business you cannot afford to be weak at. Anybody a uh, Los Angeles Dodger fan? Any Dodger fans in the room? <clears throat> so, so, so who's the third baseman on the Dodgers? Everybody know? Justin Turner, right? Okay, so here's a guy that in 2015 was batting a, somewhere between 220 and 240. Okay, decided that uh, he had gone kind of around in the league and uh, not around the league, but he's with the Mets and kind of up and down had, had uh, batting percentages that were horrible and uh, couldn't really get it over about 230, 240. And if you're a 230 or 240, you're probably under a million dollars a year in the, in the major leagues. And um, he made a decision that I only needed to work on one thing. There was one thing that if I worked on would change everything. And the one thing was he needed to learn how to change his swing. Listen to this. To give the ball more loft to increase the odds of hitting more home runs. That was it. And he decided to hire a batting coach. And for five years now, he has had a batting coach. And the only thing the batting coach does is help Justin Turner continue to elevate the loft of the ball based on the plane of his swing to increase the odds, not only of home runs, but on base percentage. One thing. What has happened in five years? So in 2014, he made a million dollars. In 2015, he made 5.1 million, and he just signed a four-year contract for $16 million. And all he did was what? Got a coach to change one thing.